Welcome to Fusion Church's Sermon of the Week. Fusion Church is located in Wakanda, Illinois. We exist to complete and multiply people who passionately follow Christ. For more information, visit www.fusionchurch.com. Let's dive into this week's sermon. Lord, we just thank you uh, for this time of worship right now. Thank you that we got this in. We pray against any more rain that it will just stop uh, enough time for us to have this time together. We ask this in your name. Amen. If you're going to get the umbrella, get your umbrella real quick. Go ahead if you don't have it. If it starts raining real hard, you can go to your car. We'll pause and come back out. For the time being, I'm just going to assume that we're good unless it really starts pouring. So, Hi. Man, if you would have told me at the beginning of 2020 that in August and September we would be doing church outside and battling the elements, I would have been like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. That's not going to be a thing that we do. This is just, it's fun, it's crazy, it's weird, it's not what anybody expected, uh, but I just love how we're just making the best of it that we can, and so uh, just embrace it with us. It's just going to swirl right now. We're going to be fine. We're going to be good. We're going to be good. We're going to get situated up here. And actually, you, we're going to have a we're going to have a little conference. Just give us a minute to get situated. All right, we do have more room if you want to go in your car and pull it up over here. But I think that this is not gonna last very long unless that big darkness over there comes our way, which the wind's blowing the opposite direction. So we're hoping that's not gonna happen. But if you wanna take a minute and grab your car and pull over here, you can. But if you're good, you're good. Sweet. All right, here we go. We have been talking about the Beatitudes and we have been looking at this way that Jesus talks about the kingdom of God and how they would have braved the elements just like this sitting outside. There's like, and there's nowhere to go. You can't run to your car. If this, if you were listening to Jesus talk on the mountainside, you would be like, I guess we're here. Uh, there's no like fast track to get home anywhere. Uh, so again, we get to experience a little bit more of what the early disciples and followers of Jesus got to experience. So we've been looking at the Beatitudes. Chloe, why don't you come on up? I'm going to have Chloe read the Beatitudes for us. Hi. Do you want me to hold your umbrella for you? All right. All right. You got to step out a little bit more, and then I'll hold this over your head. Okay? And then can you hold that? Someone make sure they get a picture of this right now, because I feel like this is, this is golden church moments. Uh, all right. Go ahead, kiddo. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they, were in, for they will inherit the earth. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. (laughs) Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Awesome. Thanks, kiddo. Thank you. Woo-hoo. We got a rainbow again? Oh, it's like that's our rainbow spot. That's the fusion rainbow, just in case you're wondering. It's our it's our rainbow. It comes up on these sunny, sunny nights. Uh, all right, here we go. Thanks, Chloe. So today we're gonna look at the idea of blessed are the meek. Meek is not a word that we use a lot today. It's not a popular word, and it's not a popular idea. The, the word meek simply means gentle, humble, uh, a person who doesn't brag or use their power. There's no harsh displays of power, uh, no harsh displays of authority over others. It doesn't necessarily meek, mean weak, but it means power that's restrained. So someone who is strong, but restrains their power. And Jesus actually describes himself as meek. So he doesn't just describe disciples as like being meek. He describes himself as being meek. He says in Matthew chapter 11 that he is meek and humble in heart, gentle and humble in heart. It's the same word for meekness right there. So that's how Jesus describes himself, that he is a gentle and humble kind of person. That is how he carries himself. And actually, if we look at the life of Jesus, we see that is exactly what characterizes him, that he is a gentle and humble person. So even though, think about this for a second, all of the power in the universe rests in this one person that's walking on the face of the planet, and at any moment he can do anything he wants to do. Yet when he's on trial, and there's all kinds of accusations being lobbed against him, He's in silence. He doesn't do anything to defend himself. He doesn't do anything to put down his enemies. So not only did he describe himself as being meek, he displayed meekness, that he had this power, but it was power that was restrained. He had this humility in him. All right, so to illustrate this, kind of what this looks like, power that's restrained, I'm going to ask Quinn to come up. Quinn, come on up, buddy. We're going to do a little experiment together. All right, Quinn, here's what I want you to do. First, put on this glove. I'm going to give a cheer for Quinn. All right, Quinn, I want you to squeeze that as hard as you possibly can. You're a pretty strong dude, I think. Can you, can you lift this with, one, with one, one hand? Yeah? Yeah? Squeeze that hard so it doesn't fall. Can I pull it out of your hands? No, you're a pretty strong dude, I think. Let's just for fun. There's no actual experimental value in this whatsoever. We're just doing it just to do it. I want you to hold this up high. And I just want you to drop it. There's no reason for that whatsoever. We just did it just because. But there is a reason for that, for this. All right, so here's what I want you to do. The same way that you were squeezing that water bottle, I want you to squeeze this egg. But I want you to step out a little bit over there because I don't know what's going to happen. So step out that way just a little bit. Step out a little bit, hold it out, and then squeeze it. Real hard. 
hard. Oh, there it is. Oh, he got it on a shoe, too. Here, here, look. We can fix this. Look. Look at that. And I owe you a t-shirt. Good job. Good job, Quinn. All right, Mom can go wash you off. Thanks, buddy. You're welcome. You never know what's going to happen when you show up to church. What's the point? What's the point of that experiment, right? You can have the same power, but that same power is not meant to be used in every and all circumstances. You can be squeezing something really hard because that's the right thing to do at a certain time, but other times it's not appropriate to use that kind of power. So the same person who was able to squeeze that thing really hard because it was necessary was able to squeeze the other thing kind of and break it a little bit with a little assistance from a person, from a bigger person, right? But we were able to squeeze it and break this. That's meekness, the ability to do something, to have that power but not necessarily do it. If you were going to hold the egg and you didn't want to break it, you wouldn't squeeze it, right? You wouldn't actually want to squeeze it because you wouldn't want it to break. That's why we had it in this container because eggs are typically, other than that egg, really easy to break, right? So meekness is this ability to have lots of power, lots of strength, but not be able to use that for our, our, own, our own benefit. It's actually the opposite of what we see today around us so often, which is bragging about how good or powerful we pe people are. So just take right now the season of life that we're in in, polit in the political arena. Politics in every political commercial sounds something like this. I am so much better than everyone else, and my opponent is terrible, and they do all of these terrible things. You, they're the worst person, and I am the best person. It's a complete elevation of self and a complete putting down of another person. There is zero humility usually in politics from either side of the aisle. When's the last time you heard a politician and you walked away from, that, from uh, hearing a politician saying, oh, man, that person's really humble. That person really carries themselves with a lot of meekness, right? It doesn't happen. It's also not a virtue that's celebrated in our culture. Think about trash talk and, and playing sports, right? We talk to our opponent. We put them down while we're playing. And it's, it can be playful and fun, but all of that is kind of putting out how strong we are, how, how great we are, and putting down people around us. That's the opposite of meekness. Meekness is humility. It's a lack of pride. Not, not the healthy kind of pride, but the unhealthy kind that wants to elevate myself among other people. The, it's the, the kind of thing that says, I want to push other people down so that I can elevate myself. That is the kind of meekness that Jesus is saying, nope, that's not what we should be. Instead, we should be humble, gentle people. That's the people who are the most blessed. Also, there's another kind of thing, because we don't like that kind of braggadocious kind of lack of humility, we, we, can, we sometimes can celebrate a false kind of humility that puts ourselves down and says, I'm not really good at something when I really am. That's not meekness either. Jesus never turned away of who, from who he really was. He never turned away from the power that he had. He just never used that for his own benefit. He always used his power to bless and love and care for the people around him. He walked in this incredible power and authority, but he did it for the sake of other people. That's meekness. So he, he didn't back down from who he was. He never backed down from who God, his father had made him to be, but he refused to elevate himself above other people. He knew that the father would be the one who would actually elevate him and vindicate him. He didn't have to do that 
for himself. And so, so what Jesus does here is he quotes from all the way back in the Old Testament in, in the Psalms, back in Psalm 37, and he quotes this. It's word for word. Here's what Psalm 3711 says. It says, but the meek will inherit the land. That's exactly what Jesus says. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land or the earth. And so Jesus is trying to like remind people of what God has said before about meekness. So let me just read a little bit more of that psalm, okay? Here's what it says, Psalm 37, verse 1. Don't fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord and trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteous, uh, your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and, be, and patiently wait for him. Do not fret when evil people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from e evil and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those whose hope is in the Lord, they will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look at them, they will not be found, but the meek will inherit the land and enjoy the peace and prosperity of the Lord. That goes on and on in that verse, and it's more of the same kind of promise. So what's going on here? The person who's writing this psalm is looking around the world, and they're seeing everywhere around them people doing evil, terrible things, and they're seeing that somehow they're flourishing. Somehow it, it seems as though things are going well for them. And so he's talking to people who might be tempted to give in to their way of life, to, to give in to doing things out of wrath, doing things out of anger, doing things out of rage. And he says, don't do that. Don't, don't be envious of their way of life. Their way of life leads to destruction. So don't do that. Instead, trust in the Lord. Don't trust in your own power. Don't trust in your own ability to get what you want or to achieve something. Instead, trust in the Lord. Turn your attention to him. Turn your trust and your attention to him. Don't be envious of what they have. And he lays out, this is why, because God will, you will eventually inherit God's inheritance for you if you walk in meekness. But if you don't, and if you walk in the way of the wicked, you will inherit their inheritance, which is destruction. Now Jesus is talking to a group of people who would be experiencing much of that same kind of reality. The Roman Empire has conquered them. And the Roman Empire is evil among evil. They're powerful. They're a mighty nation. They're wicked. They have all, if you think today there's a lot of immorality, if you knew the Roman Empire, it was immor immor immorality off the charts. You imagine it, they did it. All kinds of evil around them. And yet they were prospering. It seemed like they were conquering. They were winning the day. And as a matter of fact, as Jesus began to look around, at his, at, as Jesus' uh, uh, countrymen began to look around, they would see even some of their own friends and the religious and political leaders would be looking to the Romans and actually colluding with the Romans. So not only were the Romans, these evil people, seemed like they were prospering, now their own countrymen, they were actually prospering by kind of being in collusion with them. And so it would be tempting to say, you know what, we, we got to give in to this. 
Actually, the kingdom of God is going to come through power and us exerting our will. So let's rise up and form an army. Let's form the nation that God has always, let's rise up and overthrow the Roman Empire. But Jesus says to people thinking like that, no, 100% not. Jesus is very consistent of this from the day of his first ministry to the very end when he's, when he's ascended into heaven, that that is not how his kingdom comes. Instead, his kingdom comes with meekness. So he says, look, don't, don't give in to that. Instead, remember what God has always said is true, is that blessed are the meek. Highly favored are the meek, that when you walk in humility, rather than try to exert your own power, your own authority, trying to make it happen on your own, then you are, in ble- then you are blessed, and then you inherit what God has for you. So Jesus is saying again, just like the psalmist saying, don't give in to that way of thinking. Don't try to grab what, what God wants to supply through you spiritually. Don't try to grab that physically. It's not, it's not worth it. it, won't, it you won't get what you think that you want. The wicked think that they're doing what they want, that they're going after what they need, but they're actually going after things that are empty that lead to destruction. Instead, the kingdom of God comes in a different way that requires us, again, Jesus says, to, to come in like a little child, to come in needy, to come in recognizing our need and saying, Jesus, I need you. So Jesus reminds us that our call is to walk in meekness and he sets this up for his people that it's that when you come into the kingdom of God, if you want to see the kingdom come, don't try to go after it in your own power and your strength. Don't try to achieve it by, mid- by, by military or political clout. Instead, come in meekness and humility and see the kingdom come. So there's some real personal applications here. There's a kind of some tests to think about. Are you walking in meekness? Are you in that highly favored position of walking in meekness? So how about this? Run this through your grid. How frustrated do you get when people cut in front of you? Whether it's in your car or you're in line for something. I'm not saying you can't be frustrated, but if your reaction is just anger and frustration at the person who just did that, maybe... There's room for growth in the area of meekness and the humility of of letting someone else take your place, of letting someone else step in front of you. Are you easily offended? How easily are you offended by people's Facebook posts or their conversations? If you're walking around with a high level of offense, Chances are you're not walking in meekness. Do you envy what other people have and allow that to grow and fester into jealousy and frustration? Chances are, if that's so, there's some room for growth and meekness. Who do you notice? Do you notice the loudest and the strongest? Or do you notice the quietest and the weakness? Who do you notice? Who do you pay attention to? Who do you see? Jesus walked around on earth, and he was invited to all kinds of places with all kinds of powerful people, but he never missed the one that was in front of him that nobody else wanted to pay attention to. He always included the one that no one else wanted to include. That is meekness. 
He didn't have to do that. As a matter of fact, Jesus is criticized for doing that. He's at a party with a bunch of wealthy Pharisees and a bunch of other people, and there's a woman who's there who begins to wash his feet with her own hair and perfume that she had saved up, and the, and the people around Jesus are highly offended that this woman would be able to that, get that close to Jesus, but Jesus won't have any of it because he's a person who walks in meekness. Do you believe that you have to put other people down to get what you want or to get what God wants for you? If so, maybe there's a need to grow in meekness. Now, this is always relevant because I think there's always room for us to grow in meekness. But I think as we head into a season where the political rhetoric is about to turn up a notch, I think we've got to turn up the notch on our meekness. Let me say it again. We must turn up the notch on our meekness. We must turn up the notch on our humility. Do we want the kingdom of God or do we want the kingdom of man? Because if we want the kingdom of God, it only comes by prayer and humility. If we want the kingdom of man, it comes by power and authority that man gives. But that's not what we're going after here. That's not what Jesus gave his life for. Jesus gave his life for an eternal kingdom that starts now and goes into eternity. And that eternity is marked with meekness. That eternity is marked with humility. So I think that we've got a decision to make as we go to discern whose rules am I playing by right now? Am I playing by the kingdom of this world or am I playing by the kingdom of God? Am I walking in meekness and humility or am I walking in my own power and my own strength, achieving my own agenda or am I walking with the kingdom's agenda? And look, this should ruffle every person's feather uh, no matter how you vote or who you vote for. It doesn't matter. I'm going to say it again. This should ruffle your feathers no matter how you vote or who you vote for. It doesn't matter. Every follower of Jesus is called to walk in meekness and humility. You're called to walk in meekness and humility, whether it's with your wife or your kids or your neighbor or your husband or your parents or your boss or your teachers or your principal or your president. It doesn't matter. There's not like a, a special caveat that says, no, not here. <laughs> it's every, every follower of Jesus is in the most favored position to inherit what God has for us when we walk in meekness. Yeah? Now, I don't want you to miss the promise. I know that that's challenging. I know that I'm poking some buttons right now. That's fine. But there's a promise in here. It's not just about the challenge to walk in meekness. It's the thing that we really need is the inheritance of God's kingdom. And that the only way that we can have that promise is to enter in, as Jesus says that we should enter in. I want the joy, the peace, the righteousness that comes with the kingdom of God. How about you? Yeah, I want all that. I want joy. I want peace. I want righteousness. That's what Paul said the kingdom of God is all about. So if I want all that stuff, and that's a promise to us, that is the promise of inheritance for us, then all it takes is that we begin to walk in hum humility, begin to walk in that meekness. That is a promise for you and I, that if we will humble ourselves and come into the kingdom of God in meekness, that he will give us his kingdom. It's his good pleasure to do, to do so. 
And the good news is that Jesus makes a way for us to do that. So he forgives us of our sins. So he reconciles us in relationship with God. He gives us a new heart. So he not only just forgives us, he actually puts a new heart in us. He gives us transformation. And then he shows us what this actually looks like. So it's not like we're left in the dark. It's not like, hey, pull up your bootstraps and be more weak. It's like, no, submit your heart more and more to God. <laughs> Recognize those areas of weakness in your life and say, gosh, I know I can, be, I can walk in more humility here. I know, that, I know that in this area of my life, this area of my life, I feel like I can surrender to Jesus a little bit more, right? It's not a thing that God hasn't empowered you to do. He has given you the power to actually do this to walk in meekness. Isn't that weird to think that we would need power to walk in meekness? But we do, because it's actually easier to walk in that power and that bravado. It's easier to kind of give off that air than to walk in humility. So if we're gonna do that, then we need God's help. And he's not left us alone because he wants us to inherit those good things with us. So these guys are gonna play another song. And while they're playing the song, I want you to reflect on what is God tugging at your heart in this area of meekness? Because I can guarantee you this, there's not one person here from the oldest to the youngest who can't grow in this area. Not one of us. Not one of us. Myself included. I'll put myself on the first in the line saying, God, teach me how to walk in greater humility. I've got some areas right now in my mind already that I'm thinking about. I'm asking God, God, would you help me walk in greater humility and greater meekness in this area? So I want to give you some time and space to think about that right now too. What is God tugging at your heart in this area of meekness? So I'm going to pray. These guys are going to play, and then we're going to give you some space to think about that. So Lord, I just pray that the kingdom of God would be better than anything that the world has to offer, than anything that any candidate has to offer us, anything that any system has to offer us, anything that, any, that it would be better than any trophy that we could win, any, any person's praise that we could win, that it would, be, it would be better than any position that we could hold, that it would, be, it would be better and more appealing to us than every false desire that we have in us. And instead, God, would you make us hungry for the things of your kingdom and would you help us to lean into the promise that you have for us in your kingdom? Lord, I pray right now that you would just bring Holy Spirit kind of conviction, not guilt, not shame, but Holy Spirit. So here's what I'm asking you to do with whatever it was that, you're, that was stirring for you. Hey, this is the area that was highlighted for me in walking in meekness is just to begin to surrender that over to the Lord. Just, just have conversations with him when you see pride coming up. When you sense your desire to control a situation or the sense that I need to, to prove someone else wrong or that I need, I need to be justified in my actions or I need to get my way, just confess those things to the Lord. It's, it's amazing what will happen with the power of confession. Just, just admitting, hey, this is a thing that's going on. The, the Bible word for that is repentance. So I acknowledge something that's wrong or that's, that's less than what God wants for me. And I just turn a different direction. And the direction that I turn is the direction of Jesus. So Jesus, would you help me begin to walk in this thing instead of that thing? Would you help me do that? Would you help me instead of trying to get my own way by my own power, by my own strength, by my own ideas, would you instead help me to trust you to do what you want to do in my life? And here's the punchline of the whole thing. Jesus says, blessed are the meek because they will inherit the, inherit the land. Why are they blessed? Why is that like in that favored position that we've talked about? 
because the people who walk in meekness understand that what God gives them is a gift and not something that they earned. They understand that the good things that God is going to give them are gifts and not things they have earned. And when we walk around in gratitude and recognizing that we're walking in giftedness rather than things we have to earn, then guess what? We're able to hold it with an open hand, whatever it is, because we know it was all grace anyway. Look, I have news for you. Everything in your life, every breath you've ever taken is grace. You didn't do anything to earn one breath that you've ever taken. You didn't do it. Like, it's all grace. It's all a gift. So what Jesus is saying, like, look, get on board with the grace train. Like, just know that this is the good news. That when you walk in meekness and you walk in humility and you don't have to get it by your own strength and your own power and your own ability, when you don't have to play by the world's rules, you're so much better off. God's gifts are way better than what you can get in your own strength playing by the world's rules. His long way is better than any shortcut that you could ever take. I'm just, I'm just being honest. So if we can begin to walk in that place, then we'll begin to see how we are in that favored position when we're walking in meekness, even if we can't see how it all plays out. There's been many times throughout my life and through the life of pastoring a church where I've seen people, in my, even in my own life, where I could have done a power grab, where the person could have done a power grab. They could have done something. They could have cut a corner. They could have played by the world's rules. And instead, they did it God's way. And I've seen those people elevated and taken care of over and over and over again. It's just been awesome. So let's do it God's way. It might be a little more challenging or a lot more challenging. It might require us to go back and say I'm sorry to people. It might require us to be careful how much news we watch or how much Facebook junk we read. It might, it might cause us to have to be a little more cautious about how we go about it, but it's worth it to walk in meekness. It's worth it to walk in meekness. I'm telling you, it's a better load to carry. Jesus' load. He says it himself, right? His burden is easy and his yoke is light. So walk the way that he walks. That's where he says that he's gentle and humble or meek and humble in heart. So there's good things for us if we begin to walk in those ways. And if you feel like, man, I feel stuck and like I, I can't quite process what you're saying today, then come and talk to me. I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to help you process it together. If you're, if you're stuck and not being able to see how the kingdom of God is different than the kingdom of the world, I'd love to help you untangle that knot because it's so much better when you do. I'd, I'd love to do that for you. I'd love to pray for you. I'd love for you to experience walking in a new way of life, not carrying the burdens that we think we have to carry. We hope that you were encouraged by this week's sermon. For more information, visit us at our website, www.fusionchurch.com, or you could find us on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great week.